Hello and welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. This is Dexter Kearley. It is January 1 of 2020. Um, I am at home alone. It's kind of weird. My family uh, is visiting her family, my in-laws, and they're kind of doing their own thing and I'm up here working except for on my days off like today and they're just not here. So I'm here by myself and I was like, you know, it's been quite a while. I've had several people mention the podcast recently. I don't necessarily know um, if they're listeners, but they at least asked me about it. And I was like, you know, it's been a long time since I've put out an episode. Um, so just a quick little life update. Um, I have a six-month-old baby now named Callahan. Um, he's starting maybe to sleep, but he hasn't really been sleeping for a while. And then I have a three-and-a-half-year-old son, Emmett, and he's actually hit like a really fun stage, I think, of life. I don't know if a lot of people, unless you have kids of your own, get to really see the stage of life he's currently in, but he's really like becoming more and more self-sufficient, doing his own thing. Uh, he's a blast to be around, um, but very um, time-intensive. Um, so been spending a lot of time with them whenever I'm not uh, doing my paramedic school. So that's a new thing that I'm doing at work. Um, it's an online paramedic program that I'm doing through uh, the, AD, the AFD. Um, and that's actually been taking up a lot of time. I've been really enjoying it. Learning a lot of super interesting stuff. Um, the world is starting to look a little bit differently to me because of some of the stuff that I'm uh, learning. Um, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, it's just it's it's difficult um, in today's day and age to really dedicate enough time to understand some of the stuff. It's pretty intricate and detailed, and you really have to be immersed in it to uh, you know remember it and learn it. Um, but I've been really enjoying it. It's been a good time. She's been taking up a lot of time. Um, the other thing is there should have been, there was kind of a, a failure episode uh, in between the last one I posted and this one. Um, and it kind of derailed the podcast in a certain sense because it would have been the first recording that I had done that I really thought was pretty fun Um that I didn't put out, but it was mostly technical difficulties. We tried to cram four people around one mic. Um, I tried to do segments. My Shannon and Mike were both there, and then my buddy Tim, who's been on the podcast a bunch of times. And it it was a really fun podcast. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it, there was probably some stuff in there that was pretty good, but there was also just some weird things. And then some really confusing sections where we're all kind of talking over each other and laughing. And uh, so I don't know. I just decided I was like, I don't think I should put this one out. Um, So I didn't. And that was months ago now. So I was like, you know, I'm going to jump down. I'm going to sit on the mic and I'm going to just do a ramble just to get something out. Just because it's like uh, I feel like I took a break for like a season, you know, like a summer. So I think that was the end, we'll say the Callahan era was the end of season two, and this is maybe the beginning of season three. But um, anyway, that's kind of why it's taken me so long to get a new podcast out is because of some of these life updates. But 
really going into many directions, you know. So anyway, um, that's a quick little life update. Uh, kind of a quick update for the podcast would be that I hope to sometimes still have some guests on, but uh, other than that, I'm just going to cram these little rambles in, uh, kind of wherever they they pop up, you know, like if I have, like today, where I'm by myself, all I've got to do is clean the house, so I was like, you know, I can uh, sacrifice 45 minutes, you know, sit down, try to record a podcast real quick, um, so uh, while I'm kind of on the topic of life updates, here's my, uh, some of my 2020 goals. Um, it's to finish this paramedic class to, uh, I'm wanting to start doing more running. Um, there's a couple of different people I follow on Instagram. Uh, one of them is, I believe her name is Candace Burt. She has this podcast, or not a podcast, um, run Candace run is maybe her Instagram, but she's like a race director. Um, a lot of the other people that I peripherally follow kind of follow her, I guess. I don't know exactly how, um, I started following her, but I have been following her. She does these ultra marathons, sets up these races and stuff. Um, but she's doing this challenge where she's going to run every single day. It doesn't necessarily have to be a super great distance. I don't think, but you know, kind of get a run, maybe three miles in every day. Uh, and I'm thinking about joining her. So uh, I'm going to try to do it for all of 2020. I think that that's pretty possible. I can always squeeze at least three miles in. So uh, that's one of my goals. And I think it would be cool if other people started doing it as well. Um, I, I kind of want to, you know, I've got a lot of t-shirts and a lot of hats left over. And I kind of want to sponsor a, a race. And the, you know, maybe the first... I don't know, I got some hats and some shirts. I don't know, Might maybe do like a giveaway or something. Um, but I, I like to run with people, I like doing races, and uh, it seems to be something that's very beneficial to a lot of people in my life. So uh, I'm wanting to do more of that this next year. Um, spend more time with wife. Oh, okay, here it is. So um, there are several branch podcasts. That's another reason that I've taken a break. Um I think that Shannon and Mike and uh, Shannon's friend uh, Ashley, or a.k.a. Socks, have been in discussions about doing a podcast of their own, which I actually think would be great. I think um, uh, I think that they have a good chemistry, a good style. They all kind of feed off of each other, and from the sounds of what Shannon's wanting the show to be, they would be the perfect crew for it. Um, so... I kind of took a break, um, partially too, because then I was like, well, my format's a little going to change up a little bit because I was going to try to bring Shannon and Mike in. Anyway, all that to say that there, my wife is possibly going to start a new podcast soon and it'll probably be way better than mine. So maybe you should look to check that out. Um, let's see, what was it? Oh, but she's also going to go to school. So she's working on her master's in linguistics which is super interesting, kind of frustrating for me because, you know, at, at some point in time, people get so deep into learning something that they've left you behind and they can't even explain to get you to the, you know, the beginning of the knowledge that they're now learning. So she'd explain these things to me. It's just throw me off, you know, like uh, way too complex for me to understand, but she's uh, doing some uh, school right now. So 
uh, I guess I'm still on things that are affecting the podcast, why I haven't been coming out with uh, so many. But um, so that is my intro, uh, about eight and a half minutes of rambling nothingness. And I'm going to take a break for a song real quick. Um, I recently, Spotify recently put out this like uh, your top songs of 2000. Uh, mine goes back to 2017, 18, and 19. Um, and for some reason, man, I really got hooked on listening to my 2018 and my 2019. And this song was on one of the two. I can't really remember. But this band no longer exists in the in the Mount Ivy configuration. But a lot of those same guys from the Mount Ivy band are now in a new band called Vamping, who have also played on the podcast. Um... Uh, I had the drummer of Mount Ivy, but um, now nah, he's not really the drummer. He he's moved off to Nashville. Um, but I had him on, John Rubin. Uh, he was the drummer in this band, and uh, Broderick Adams is the lead singer of this band and the new band Vamping. I had him on the podcast, so look back in the uh, show archives if you're interested. Um, he talks, I can't remember if, I think at the time, uh, Mount Ivy was the project that was going, but uh, Vamping was his previous project. So now they've kind of picked up his previous project, and I think they've done a new album, I believe. Anyway, all that to say... Um, I was really surprised whenever I saw this song, uh, Cherry Frosted Houses, from the Wabi Sabi 2016, which is crazy to think of, four years ago, 2016 release uh, of this album, and uh, it was on my my top plays, uh, and then so I listened to it, and it had been probably a year, I think it was on my 2018 uh, but I listened to it, and I was like, damn, that is a solid song. And so that's the song I'm going to play for you uh, today. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Much better, please. 
right. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, pretty pretty fun. I uh, Whenever I saw that song pop up in there, it was one of those songs that I had forgotten that I had listened to it as much as I had listened to it. So it was kind of an interesting uh, Spotify and like these data collecting apps are kind of interesting for that. They like pull stuff up that you haven't thought of in a really long time or listened to or whatever or seen. Um, so, uh, sorry if this uh, ramble is a bit chaotic, um, sometimes like this podcast is a bit of a pressure relief valve for me. So whenever I start, uh, babbling, uh, it just like explodes out, you know, so it becomes a really, really chaotic babble. Um, but hopefully that first intro was, uh, coherent enough for you to understand. Uh, I don't, so anyway. Jumping into the next segment, or my first segment, I guess, of this ramble, is um, I'm wondering where the middle of the road is. Um, There's several different aspects of this in my life, like, for instance, running. Where is the middle of the road? Um, uh, I want to get faster. I want to run further, but at the same time, that's not necessarily conducive with my uh, time constraints, and also, is it the best thing to do for your body? I don't know. I'm, I've got a lot of questions, but where's the middle of the road for something like running? But um, really where I was thinking about it was politically. Uh, it's interesting because uh, the community that I'm most plugged into, the, the vast majority, are uh, Republicans, and they're all really good people. Um, but then there's another group that is almost segregated off that are Democrats and they think a slightly different way. Um, But in reality, for all intents and purposes, they think the exact same or they're um, within the same ballpark, right? You know, so this is what I'm saying is there's a middle of the road that everybody exists in, like typically. Uh, Nobody exists as far out as they maybe want to project or sometimes passionately argue uh, in reality, it's okay to hold open a door for anybody, you know, I mean, I think most people are this way, uh, that I'm around at least, I don't know, I guess there is like a Southern hospitality aspect to this, but, um, where is the middle of the road politically? So I, in the interim of, uh, me, you know, taking a break from podcasting or whatever, um, I listened to an episode of Joe Rogan's podcast with uh, Tulsi Gabbard on it. And then um, I listened to another one with her and Jocko from uh, – oh, he's got a lot of shit. I think if you just search Jocko, he'll pop up. But he's a Navy SEAL, a retired Navy SEAL who's like a black belt in jiu-jitsu and uh, owns a clothing company. But he also has uh, podcasts. Uh, what is the thing called? I can't remember. I'm, subscri- I'm subscribed to it, but I just never listen to it. Uh, I just don't listen as many podcasts as I used to. But um, they were both on the Joe Rogan experience. It was super interesting. Listen, uh, I think you should maybe go listen to it because this is the thing is if we want to start defining where the middle of the road is, we have to start diversifying the, the conversations. We have to start having um, the people that are capable of holding the middle of the road, of being in the middle of the road, of making compromises while also being passionate about, you know, uh, different issues, you know, where can we all meet? Um, Tulsi Gabbard, it was interesting podcast. It, it kind of represented a little bit of a middle of the road, uh, to me because, 
you know, Jocko's a guy who I would maybe classify as more right-leaning. Um, Joe Rogan seems to be pretty in the middle. He kind of goes, you know, he's pretty middle of the road, I would say. Um, and then Tulsi Gabbard is a Democrat, but she seemed pretty middle of the road as well. And it was interesting to hear their conversation and hear them talk about different things. Um, but also the other candidate is Andrew Yang, who also went on Joe Rogan's podcast. I thought he was very interesting. Uh, and he's got a couple of uh, very interesting uh, proposals. But both of these two candidates seem middle of the road enough for Republicans and conservatives to uh, like just look into them. I'm not saying support them or believe them or anything like that. I'm just saying look into them and see is there is there some middle of the road? Is there a compromise that you can see between um, Republicans and Democrats? These being Democrats, uh, Democratic candidates. So um, it it's kind of interesting because in reality, I'm not sure if it matters if it's Democrat or Republican in power um, if the individual rights are being violated. Um, if individual rights are the most important thing, then um, then you know I don't know. I think it maybe depends more on the person than the party. You know, more on the candidate than anything, and definitely on my neighbor. I mean. I want my neighbors to uh, be happy and live a more prosperous life, and uh, that way Emmett has friends to play with in the neighborhood, you know? I, I also want other people that, uh, you know, immigrate here or whatever. I want everybody to go up in standard of living, you know? I think that that's probably, I don't know, we'll talk about sustainability in la later but uh, with Andrew Yang, but uh, he's got some interesting points let's see where was i at i was dropping down here okay so one of the things i want to talk about on this topic is the danger of adjective rights culture um it clumps groups together and identifies them as individuals so for instance it would be transgender rights right so it says this person or these people need to be considered as transgender specific people. Well, well, in reality, other than being transgender, there's a pretty good uh, chance that I am like a vast majority of those people um, in other ways in my life, you know? Like they probably all work 40-hour work weeks. They probably all have to pay for insurance. They probably all have, uh, you know, um, loan headaches or, you know, bills that they got to pay, you know. And in a lot of aspects, um, we look the same on paper, if that makes sense. Even though we there is something like, you know, really different um, between a transgender person and me. There is a middle of the road that we can find, though. There there is a spot where what is good for me is good for them and what is good for them is good for me. And um, so it's a, it's just interesting. I think that's we got to get rid of the adjective rights, culture, uh, distinctions, and also the race uh, classifications are very dangerous. So I think the two of those things can actually show us that we're all standing in the middle of the road despite our uh, philosophical beliefs um, we are all in the current situation that we are currently in. You know, we need to look at it objectively. Uh, we need to make some decisions that are the best for 
uh, all of the individuals that are involved, um, bringing people up, uh, allowing people to rise up, um, getting out of the way in a lot of ways. Um, so let's see the distinguishing, the difference that is highlighted. So, you know, choose a, choose a good, uh, philosophy that highlights the things that bring people together and unites people and makes them allies versus the specific thing. Like there need to be conversations about the specific things. I'm about to get into this, um, with, with, uh, different ideologies and different ways of thinking. Uh, but it's all about compromise. So, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit specifically, uh, this information came off of Tulsi Gabbard's, um, page, her, uh, her political campaign page. So um, this is a couple of like information about her. She was a combat veteran. She is a member of Congress. I think it's in maybe like one of two women that are combat veterans that are members of Congress, I think is what it said. I don't know. Go look it up yourself. Um, a couple of her main points that she's like running on is uh, she wants to end regime change wars and she says that regime change wars are destructive as, ooh, as well as uh, incredibly expensive, uh, costing America tr- trillions of dollars uh, every year. So she wants to try to put an end to that spending, those trillions, uh, maybe redirect them into different directions like the – oh, and she also wants to end the new Cold War. This is actually kind of an interesting concept because I always wondered – um, you know, whenever I was growing up in school and stuff, they would always talk about like, uh, my parents' generation, maybe a little bit older than my parents would all talk about the bomb scare, the bomb drills that they used to run, you know, like now we run fire drills. We get all the kids out on the blacktop and we go through the ha- you know, the building, make sure everybody gets out. You know, we run fire drills because we say there's a chance this building could catch on fire and want the kids to be prepared. Um, in the fifties, they ran bomb drills, basically saying, hey, uh, if an alarm goes off, everybody hop underneath your desks because you're probably going to get blown up. There's a lot of places in the world that are still this way. Um, but, you know, that's interesting when you're a kid growing up with that mentality of uh, at any moment, my whole world could be blown up by a bomb, you know, that the Cold War, you know, it uh, had a certain amount of like fear with it, but also a certain amount of normalcy, you know? So now we're living in the new Cold War, as Tulsi Gabbard calls it, where we're just used to, uh, like right now, uh, there's enough nuclear weapons on the planet to uh, at least knock us back to the Stone Age, which means knock us back to, um, you know, not going to space and not doing a bunch of cool shit that we're doing, uh, possibly lead to extinction of the human race. Um, so it's just kind of interesting. It's like, we are living in a cold war. Uh, I like that she's calling attention to that. And, uh, also kind of putting forth some policies that would maybe address that. She, another issue that she says is she wants to guarantee Quality health care for everybody. Now, this is a very interesting topic for me. Um, guarantee quality health care for all. Uh, 
I'm, it's just interesting. I'm wondering how she's going to do it. You know, I'm in the emergency field. Uh, I'm in emergency medicine. Um, right now, we don't deny care to anybody. We don't take a credit card before we provide care. Uh, we show up on the fire truck and we say, how can we help you? We do everything we can to help them. The ambulance company does, however, bill them. Uh, but that's only if they transport. And actually, I've been really impressed with a lot of the medics recently who have wanted to to treat in place, you know, just treat the patient, uh, try, you know, if possible, leave them in their house. You know, these are people that fall. And uh, back in the day, they probably would say, hey, look, you fell, you need a CT scan. But now they look at them and they say, how do you feel? You don't hurt, you know, neck, no back pain, no head pain. Okay, you just want us to pick you up. Okay, we pick them up. We all go on our way. That is, uh, as far as I know, a free service um, to all of our all of our people. Uh, all of our citizens of Amarillo, really anybody, they don't even have to be a citizen of Amarillo. They just have to be in Amarillo. You know, that's that's what we already do um, in that I know the hospitals are working hard. You know, it's that's filled with a lot of people who are passionate about what they're doing and who really want people to get healthy. Um, so why are people still continually getting unhealthy? Are our, our live, living lifestyles that are leading to uh, more impactful chronic illnesses? Um this is a big question. A lot of people are asking that question. Um, I'm just wondering, how do you guarantee quality health care for all? Like, how do you approach a system that is so sprawling and uh, truly people are already wanting to do the best job they can, but we do have like crazy differences in prices. Uh, I was actually talking to a fellow the other day who's uh, quite familiar with a lot of different surgeries, and he was talking about how much a surgery cost in the United States to uh, the same surgery cost in a different country. And it was like way different. Um, and he said, I'll st- uh, it's pretty much the same procedure and you're getting the same quality of procedure. Um, there you just pay for it privately. Whereas here you have to have insurance and then the insurance is billed so high that you could never pay that. I could never pay $30,000 for a new knee surgery. So I have this copay, right? Um, so it's just kind of interesting. Why is our system so much more expensive than other systems? And how do you fix that? How do you equate for that economically? I don't know. It's a messy issue, but that's one of the things she's running on. And I don't know how I feel about it because there's a lot of people who, um, I believe deserve the healthcare. They deserve, um, help to try to get them more healthy. But at the same time, it's always the most unhealthy people who use the system the most, you know? Uh, and typically they have hard, harder economic systems because they can't work. They can't do all these different things. So, uh, it's interesting. Guarantee quality healthcare for all. I don't know what that means. I don't know how that looks. Uh, I'd be interested to dig more into that. Um, or have, you know, maybe one of my listeners dig into that and shoot me an article if you come across something about that. That'd be kind of interesting. So the green economy, she wants to invest a lot of money in the green economy. She says she wants to uh, provide uh, government subsidies to oil companies, which that's kind of bullshit. Just because you're in the energy game, you get to get options of these subsidies that make it easier to produce energy. That doesn't make sense to me. That I thought that was a little weird. Um Personally, it should just be subsidies if you are creating green energy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a multi-billion dollar oil company. Uh, 
wanting to diversify yourself. I mean, that's what every company should be doing. Uh, either way, is saying, well, we're going to make energy with gas, with oil, with wind, with solar. Like, invest in all of it. And if just one of them pays off, it'll pay for the investment of all the others. So it's kind of interesting. I don't know about the whole stimulus, like trying to subsidize oil companies more. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, so some of her, these are my starred items that she was saying. Um, one of them is she wants to protect the Second Amendment. This is interesting because that's a lot. That's a big point for a lot of conservatives. A big point for a lot of Republicans is. They want the right to bear arms. I mean, there's a lot of good examples. Uh, one just came out of Texas, like pretty close to. I was pretty close to white settlement um, when that shooting happened. When that guy pulled out a shotgun in a church, and the guy made the shot across the room, engaged him, made the shot across the room with a pistol, got him in the head, and ended the shoot. So that guy for sure would have taken out some more people had that other person not stepped in and made the intervention if you make it illegal for that guy who stepped in and made that intervention the crazy person who's going to have that gun if he wants that gun he's going to get that gun um you know that's the only guy that ha would have a weapon because everybody that follows the law would be would be defenseless so it's kind of an interesting concept uh there's a lot to talk about with the second amendment but uh, i definitely uh appreciate that she wants to protect the second amendment um and you know i hey i'm all for putting in some safety bounds let's make sure that uh, only people who have the best interests of those in their community and those around them uh, have the opportunity to get these weapons because uh in reality 99.9 percent .9 of the people that i personally know that own guns take it very seriously they um, are passionate about owning the gun and about protecting people from having access to the gun, uh, protecting their family from it, and, and using it uh, in a fun way. I mean, people go shoot all the time, and shooting clays is one of my favorite things to do. So uh, I definitely appreciate that about her. But she also has a bullet point saying that she wants to end the war on drugs, and I'm for this uh, 100%. I think that a lot of the people that are suffering the most from uh, opioid addictions are pushed underground. Um, they're they're pushed into a lifestyle where they have to start telling lies. They have to live this like conspiratorial life because they're dodging because they're doing something illegal. Um, and I think a lot of times it forces people to cover up their issues instead of getting them out, so uh, which makes the addiction worse. Um, I I definitely think that we need to end the end the war on drugs and uh, begin a war for mental health, for uh, just bodily well being, uh, just holistically being a healthier person. Uh, I think that this comes from uh partially um not being on these uh uh addictive substances or whatever but i think it's also uh start promoting other things for healing other than pharmaceuticals such as eating good food eating fresh food from your garden um you know exercising getting some sunlight not working all the time. This is one thing that I've noticed. Like now that I'm older, now that I'm 31, most of the people I know around me are 31. 
or uh, or around my age, you know, we're adults now. It's the first time I've ever been considered an adult. Everybody's working all the time. We're working ourselves to death. Um, and I'm not saying you should not work. Get me, you know, hear me correctly. Definitely work. But it needs to be uh, mediated by time with your family, uh, time working on projects uh, in your life, it, whether it be art or a garden or um you know just different stuff that is productive that is producing something for the uh for the society you need that time um to cultivate let me see where am i at in the war in the war on drugs so and also man this is another thing is i don't think that we treat these guys um Correctly, I think a lot of these guys and a lot of the families of these guys are truly looking for solutions. Um, I think that that they're truly looking for solutions and want to um, live a more controlled life. They want to feel in control of their life. Um, and uh, there's a lot of opportunity for freedom in that field. And so that's one of the things I think is like, let's end the war on drugs and begin the war on, uh, on emptiness and alienation and, uh, and loneliness and disconnectedness and all this stuff that really pushes you down a bad road. Um, so anyway, and also I think, um, possible tax revenues, uh, would really benefit the emergency services, uh, the way that Colorado has benefited. Um, so anyway, I just that's just a little caveat on the very end of. But she wants to end the war on drugs and then abortion. She says it should be safe. So and this is kind of crazy to me. I guess Hillary Clinton. She quotes Hillary Clinton on her website and says, "I agree with what Hillary Clinton said that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare." Um, she. <laughs> says that there should be no third trimester abortions, which I personally can't even believe that a third trimester abortion uh, is considered, you know? Um, so I think that is that is a big issue that I think a lot of people have a hard time finding a middle ground on. Um, but I, I, you know, maybe she's willing to talk about uh, doing stuff. And I mean, it's, it's a touchy issue. I'm not going to go into it really, but that's her stance on it. And uh, look into it if if you're interested in that. Um, so, uh, as as the father of two children, I can only say that children are a miracle and a blessing, and um, they're they're not um, to be taken lightly. You know, I mean, any it's a very big commitment, and people need to be responsible with making that commitment. So, anyway, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Uh, that's Tulsi Gabbard. That's a long rant on Tulsi Gabbard. But look into her. Maybe she is a middle ground candidate. Maybe. I don't know. I'm asking my conservative listeners. I'm asking my Republican listeners to go in and, and dive. Tell me, right? Maybe there's something that I don't know. Maybe there's something I'm not seeing. Um, dig in. Find it. Tell me. And hope us all make a little bit more of an informed decision. I don't even know if she's going to get the Democratic nomination, but I think she's somebody that we should look into as Republicans. I mean, or whatever. I don't even know if I, I don't consider myself Republican. Uh, I voted Libertarian several times. Um, so 
uh, I find it hard to go with either party, but hey, let's find a middle ground. Hopefully, I'm in the middle ground. That's what I would really like uh, to see. So I'm going to talk a little bit about – I'm going to touch a little bit more on politics. I'm going to talk a little bit about Yang. He is an entrepreneur, a husband, and a father. He's a nonprofit leader, and he has on his front page that he is not a politician, which is – not possible because he is technically in politics, which makes him a politician. Uh, I think his more prominent point is that he's not there to play the game is what he's saying. He's like, I'm not here to further my myself in the society. I'm here to try to make it stable enough to where he can be his own entrepreneur or whatever, help people out, I guess is what he's now trying to do. But um, his big talking point is uh, universal basic income, which is an idea I've been looking into, trying to wrap my mind around for probably the past couple of years. Um, There's, you know, um, fundamentally, or what would the word be? As I was raised, how about I say it that way? Nothing's for free, you know? Um, except for maybe TV, TV always seemed like it was for free. And then also what was in the fridge always felt like it was free. You know what I'm saying? Even though my parents were paying for it, uh, to me, it felt free, but anything above that, there was like a little bit of a give and take with my parents. They said, you know what you want 10 bucks for the weekend or whatever. Like, how about you go scoop some poop, um, in the backyard for the dogs, clean up the backyard, scoop up all the poop, keep it clean. And we'll give you some money. You know, it was like a reward-based system. Universal basic income is a uh, uh, citizen-based. So it doesn't matter how hard you're working. You get $1,000 a month for all adults. So he's saying as soon as you turn 18, you get $1,000 a month for the rest of your life, period. It's a freedom dividend. Um, that he's paying that the that the, our our culture is paying us. Um, this is more of a trickle up economic model, uh, as I think how they're describing it. Basically, saying um, if like let's take me as a example, uh, pretty much. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think if you really stratify out like earnings, uh, I'm in like a really low spot. But you know, let's be honest, I'm in the middle of the road. You know, I feel like. Uh, economically and stuff i'm middle class uh comfortably middle class like i'm really loving my lifestyle i don't think i'd want a bigger house or uh maybe a new maybe a new car i don't know but pretty much doing great doing fine feeling good um he's saying if he gives me a thousand dollars a month that i will either put it into savings which that's probably true i'd probably take two hundred dollars of it and put it directly into savings every month you know um and then the other thing is he's saying that the $800 that's left over, I would spend on X, you know, new clothes for my kid, new shoes for me, new um, computer that I was looking for or something like that, you know. Um, one of the things that I think is really interesting and I just read on his website, but I, I think uh, added uh, an element to this is he said he wants to make it illegal to lend or borrow against. So I can't go and buy a car that is a $500 a month payment and and go to the car dealer and say, hey, look, 
I'll give you $500 a month. I've got this dividend coming in, right? So the lender says, all right, well, I'll lend you this money knowing that I'm getting $500 of your dividend. It's illegal, I think, to uh, lend money or borrow against the dividend, which is kind of an interesting concept. I think that there is something to look into. He has on his, um, well, he talks about it on the podcast when he was with Joe Rogan specifically about how he would pay for it, about a couple of the different things, ways he would levy the money to get it up. But uh, I think it's in, at initially, if you're a conservative-minded person, you would not uh, gravitate towards this idea. You would you would push away from it and you'd say, no, that's welfare for all. That's socialism. And I think that that is a fair argument and a fair argument to have, a fair argument to question, you know. But one of the things I think is really interesting about this is um, this is not new to our society. This is not new to our way of, of living. Um, our I was just talking about Tulsi Gabbard wanting to give some subsidies, right? The government subsidizes a lot of different industries, right? Just not American citizens. You know, the there's never there's not subsidies, right? That becomes welfare. It's not a subsidy. One of Andrew Yang's arguments is, and this is an interesting point. I know a lot of women who want to stay home with their kids. They want to be stay-at-home moms. But they believe or they in reality have to work in order to afford to live their lifestyle, right? Um, and it's like you can't quit your job in order to just take care of kids because now we will be without that money and we can't make it, you know? So one of Andrew Yang's points is he says, well, that mom who, who really, I mean, there's a lot of science that shows that if a mom is with her baby the first two years of their life, they have a better outcome later in life. Like they have more likely to have success. And this is not um, voodoo magic. It makes perfect sense. If a mom is talking to her kid a lot during her first two years, the kid learns language better, learns social skills better, gets a good grip on life, has uh, somebody to lean on, really. Like, they're close to their mom, uh, which is super, you know, awesome. Anytime somebody's really close to their mom, it's a beautiful thing, you know, because... Uh, they have an ability to give a certain amount of uh, insight that no one else in your life can give you. So um, he's saying that that mom could then take her dividend and say, look, this $1,000 a month that has been coming to me, right? I've saved some of it and I'm getting this $1,000 a month. And um, and then the husband too is getting this $1,000 a month. They can make it to where the, the wife can just stay at home all the time and take care of the kids, right? Cut out child care costs, maybe start eating at home a lot more, maybe start cooking a lot more. You know what I'm saying? Get in the house. Um, it would give a mom an option to do that. At the same time, you save up a little bit of money, you're going to school. Like my wife is killing it at school right now. Um, like, and this is what one of the things that's really cool about so. I met Shannon, my wife, at 19. She was 19. And she was in, in college, but she wasn't really feeling it. She was kind of giving it a half-assed effort. Um, so she dropped out of school. And we got married, and she worked in the restaurant business for a little while and kind of did her thing. And then she, like, got on fire about linguistics. You know, she was like, man, this is what I want to go to school for. Like, I want to get my master's in linguistics. 
and um, we've made we've made it happen up to this point. You know, we're paying we're we're paying as she goes to school, and we're not going to take out any student loans because neither of us want student loan debt. You know, let's just pay for it as we go, right? Um, and she's killing it now. Like ever since she went back to school from the first time, I think she's had straight A's. Um, all the way across the board. She kills it. She does great. She's so motivated. Um, she, and the, I mean, it, what's really cool is she's doing it while she's being a mom. I mean, Emmett is uh, a blast to be around. And I know it's mostly because he's been around Shannon so much, you know? Um, so the fact that she can go to school, you know, get her master's degree, or she's working on her master's degree, but work towards her master's degree. Um, damn, a thousand dollars a month, we would be putting it towards books and school for her. You know, it'd be it'd be cool. You know, so what what his argument is is that if he gives the thousand dollars a month to me, it goes directly back into the economy into a positive net for the economy. So, um, you know, most people like let's just say I was a, a dumb person with my money and I bought a new pair of shoes every month at the beginning of the month, right? I go out and I spend $125 a month on a new pair of shoes, right? If you give that person $1,000, he might go and buy 10 new pairs of shoes every day. It's a dumb way to spend your money, but he might do that, right? He might be buying shoes at the beginning of every month. That actually really helps out our economy. It gives people selling shoes a job. It moves the product. It creates a tax revenue. Um, goes back into the system, goes back into the pockets of the people and gets spent again, right? It's an an instant injection of money into the uh, economy. So it's kind of an interesting concept. I'm not exactly sure how I feel about it. I don't necessarily feel like I need a free $1,000 a month. Um, But I know for a fact that that would go towards my kid's college fund, it would go towards my retirement savings. It would go towards uh, paying off uh, things, right? You're not allowed to lend the money uh, based off of the, the money, right? They can't lend it and you say, hey, I've got $1,000 a month. I'll just give you. But if I'm already getting like my house payment, right? It could supplement my house payment. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. I'm not saying I'm 100% for it, but I think Yang brings... Uh, an interesting piece, an interesting adaptation, right? We're, we're living in a post-capitalist, socialist, communist world where we were able to dissect modes of thinking and philosophies, right, into these things. Now with computer integration, you got YouTube kids earning millions of dollars, right? I mean, we live in this really crazy world where money is not necessarily following a straightforward economic plan. It's going in every possible direction uh, at once. And I think that maybe we need to, uh, through, I'm not saying universal based income is the answer, but we need to look at ways of uh, elevating the individual's quality of life. Um, and productivity, right? So that's the part a lot of people are saying, well, if you give them $1,000 a month, they won't do anything. Well, maybe you give them $1,000 a month, they start going to school. Maybe they invest in a business, right? Maybe they save up some money and they build a new fence, right? You're, I don't know. There's a bunch of different things you could do with that money. Um, and it would be a, definitely a stimulation to the economy. And it could also possibly help alleviate... Um, some long-term like health like uh, problems like 
Maybe you use a portion of that to buy medication that you maybe couldn't afford otherwise. Uh, so I don't know. It's interesting. Interesting concept. I like I like Andrew Yang's approach. He uh, as well was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, I encourage both every or I encourage everybody to uh, to listen to those episodes. If you look in my show notes at the bottom, I'll link both of those episodes um, and maybe get the get the discussion started. Um, Anything anybody posts into the Panhandle Primate Podcast page on Facebook, I will see. Or if you tag me in something, I will see it. Um, if you have huge issues with what I've just talked about or what I've just said, and you have uh, contrary information, then shoot it to me. Like let's let's begin a conversation, right? Let's have um, a starting spot and let's start trying to point out the middle of the road. You know, if you feel like you're standing in the middle of the road, a hundred percent, well, then convince me why that's the middle of the road. Uh, if you're not standing in the middle of the road, maybe see is there a way that I can migrate towards the middle of the road? Maybe not get all the way in the middle, but get a little bit closer. You know, so uh, in anyway, I'm not a uh, political analyst. Uh, I know I've rambled for a long time, and I've probably lost almost every single listener to this point, but. Uh, regardless, I, I kind of threw it down. I really took a stab at it. You know, you could say I took a stab at it. Um, so I'm going to play another song for you. This one, let's see. I want to play another Amarillo person. So I think who I'm going to play is, well, I know who I'm going to play, actually. I'm going to play, um, Ugly Chulo. Um... And, you know, I've played a couple of his songs on here before. Uh, dang it, man. I don't know what is going on with my... Let's see. Chulo's Revenge, Click the Departed, and 3 a.m. That's, I think, the song I'm going to play for us today. Um, just mostly because that's one of... Uh, I'll listen to the song, and uh, I'm not, I don't exactly know what he was rapping about, but what I was thinking about was being on the fire truck. Uh, at 3 a.m., we make calls. As you can imagine, a bunch of randomness is going on at 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, we're walking up on car wrecks. We're walking up on drug overdoses. We're also just walking up on like a drunk guy who didn't quite make it home and is stumbling, you know, sitting on the curb or whatever. Uh, we see a lot of different kinds of characters at 3 a.m. in the morning. Um, and that's one of the reasons this song really jumped out at me was because 3 a.m. is an interesting time uh, of of the night. Um, a lot of crazies out at 3 a.m. So this is Ugly Chulo and... Z oh, man, I, I'm, I have a hard time pronouncing this name. Zia? Z-A-I-H, Zia, but this song is called 3AM. It's off of Chulo's Revenge, which came out in the late, great 2019. It is now 2020. Check out this song. Yeah. Can't ever fall out, man. I don't know what the fuck that even feels like, and I don't want to know. No time to sleep, no more. It's Chulo's Revenge. Knock knock in my door, it's 3 a.m. Freaks come out at night, don't let them in. I'm focused on my grind like all the time I live for this. Won't let you blow my higher, slow the fight, don't give them shit. Knock knock in my door, it's 3 a.m. Freaks come out at night, don't let them in. I'm focused on my grind like all the time I live for this. Won't let you blow my higher, slow the fight, don't give them shit. Yeah. 
Don't shoot for the roof, my dude. Aiming past the stars to move. Who don't dream of foreign coupe? Who really going and make the move? Tell me what you tryna do. Make this paperwork for you. Building up residuals. Don't get cocky, playing dude. I'm sipping on herbal. I'm puffing on purple. Geeking on my Urkel. Scuba dive, no smoke. That your eyes don't cross my circle. Adios. Not enough time to do all that we wanna do. Fuck it, I gotta do all that I plan to do. Heavy shit get hectic, cool with the flexing, shit not impressive Fella no mention my name, I don't address it I don't do blocking, I disconnect it Cashing a check, knocking at my door It's 3 a.m., don't got no love for them Pull me up, my shit never miss you Shot collar, all I do is this, yeah Do is copy-pasting on my shit Wish you got it like it originated Knock, knock at my door, it's 3 a.m. Come out at night, don't let them in I'm focused on my ground like all the time I live for this Won't let you blow my higher, slow the fight Don't give them shit, yeah Like knock at my door, it's 3 a.m. Face come out at night, don't let them in I'm focused on my ground like all the time I live for this Won't let you blow my higher, slow the fight Don't give them shit, yeah Terminator, Robocop I see you later up in L.A. with the players Behind a hundred haters going pro just like a Laker Don't want nobody favor, take that big ass shit, no chaser Knock knock in my door, it's 3 a.m. 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 Knock in my door, it's 3 a.m. Come out at night, don't let them in I'm focused on my grind, like all the time All right, that was Ugly Chulo. Um, so I saw him play at the Bad Magic Music Festival before it got rained out. Um, we ended up kind of having to run an audible. Man, that <clears throat> was an interesting day. Um, I had a blast. Luis, one of my good buddies, we had uh, we were trying to sell some T-shirts, and it was interesting, man. We just uh, that rain came in. It was a beautiful day, right up until the rain came in. We had huddled down, dude. It was pretty fun. Uh, weathered the storm. We set up at uh, Golden Light, and the bands kept playing. I really wish we hadn't set up, though, because I, I missed all the bands because I was having to stand outside with all the church, you know, and shit. So I really wish uh, we hadn't have done that, but it was a really good time. I had a great memory. Um, watch that dude play some music, uh, spit some rhymes, as it were. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So anyway... Let's see here. Okay, so I'm going to end the show. I know most people are thinking, dude, you're 56 minutes into this thing, and all you have been doing is talking to yourself into a little uh, microphone that's going into your headphones. Like, how are you doing this? I don't know how I'm doing it. Uh, that's a lot of rambling, and, and I don't actually feel like I've been uh, clearly communicating at all this entire time, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to throw this thing out there. Um, but I'm going to end the podcast with a public service announcement. To take care of yourself. Let's do this, man. 2020, let's become more independent uh, as a society, as a uh, culture, as an individual. Um, uh, One of my former guests on here, um, Rachel Flores. She is the art director at uh, Amarillo Art Institute. Um, did I say art director? I don't know. She's she's the director of it. I mean, she uh she like 
make sure the place keeps running. I need to have her on again um, to do an update on Sunset Center because if you live in Amarillo, you you know that Sunset Center is about to look radically different. It's going to be super interesting. I'm hoping they build a park there. We'll see. Um, but I need to have her back on just as an update for that whole circumstance. But she uh, made a post on Instagram the other day, and I found it really inspiring. So I want to pass it along. But she posted, and she said that she her 2020 goals are to uh, recycle more, uh, use less, um, use less plastic, cook at the house more, and compost. Um, and I was like, check, 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 check. You know, all those things are things that I want to do as well in in 2020. I want to start uh, eating at home, which we already eat at home most of the time, but eat at home almost exclusively. And I want to start a garden, and I want to do uh, a compost pile and, uh, you know, start living a little bit more sustainably, you know, trying to trying to figure out if we can fix this, uh, this ship, you know. And I'm, whenever I talk about ship, I'm talking about uh, the planet Earth, but also our personal vessels, right, um, our bodies. Like we uh, – one of the things that I'm learning a lot with this paramedic class is um, – there are like keys to optimal health and functional health. Uh, let's start right now. I feel like our healthcare system really pursues functional health. Let's just get these people breathing and get them moving and get them working. Right? I want to. Per- I, I I I would like to see us strive more towards a uh, optimal health for people to where they're not having they're not having a. COPD and emphysema and, um, you know, let's, let's try to make progresses against those diseases and get those people, uh, able to live their own life more fully, you know, let's give them some freedom, you know? Um, but I think a lot of, uh, a lot of health falls into your own hands. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, you've, you've got to take a personal responsibility to start working on yourself. I think this goes into sleeping, which believe me, I can relate to not sleeping, uh, not nowhere near what my wife can, man, that our little baby has been murder on her. And I've seen the physical effects it's taken on her. I mean, it's, it's crazy how little sleep she's gotten and how she's functioning. She's actually functioning pretty well, but, um, you know, we need to get more sleep. Um, and people need to, you know, get off your phones, get off your computers, um, get out from in front of TVs, maybe read a book, you know, Hey, if you can't sleep, just read a book, uh, find an interesting book and read it, you know? Um, but let's, let's try to relax a little bit more, get some more rest and then let's go hard in the paint. Let's do some running. Let's, uh, let's work out, you know, let's get out in the sun, play some sports, play with your kids. Um, this is just, I'm kind of, ranting a little bit about it more pep talk i'm trying to pep talk me i'm trying to get me from being complacent and uh let's take i want to take a little bit more uh personal responsibility in the product right the body that i'm bringing to the world you know i want to i want to try to be the best version like a great example of this is my buddy Coben Puckett. I've had him on the podcast a couple of times. Um, I follow him on Instagram. I think you should follow him on Instagram. It's incredibly inspiring to see uh, Coben day in and day out. The dude's on the grind. He is. He's got a gym. 
um, and he's working, and uh, he has some limitations that most people aren't used to. Like he uh, he had a really bad bull riding accident ten years ago, uh, got trampled, um, and had some uh, some persisting injuries uh, that he's been dealing with from that day on. You know, but he's battling it back. You know, he's he's taking his health and his mobility, and he's saying how can I push this? How can I get better? How can I be better for myself, for my community? Uh, and he's, he's driving for it, man. He's, uh, he's working hard. And, uh, anytime I see him post something where he's grinding it out in the gym for five hours and I'm thinking I'm too lazy to what do 50 squats, air squats, right. To do some push ups. To try to do some sit-ups. If I can't do some sit-ups, just try to do some sit-ups. You know what I'm saying? Like, start taking my personal care. And it's like, I don't have a limitate. Like, I don't have a physical limitation as to why I can't do it. I have a, a mental limitation. I'm just not doing it. So, it's kind of interesting, man. Like, let's, let's start taking care of ourselves. Let's push. Um, one of the things, as I was going to say, I think... I'm making a personal commitment to try to run every day from now until the end of the year. Um, But that's just the cardio I'm choosing to do. Maybe you can choose to like bike. My dad used to love road biking. Uh, My buddy Luis loves riding his bike all over the place. I've got a bunch of buddies who love riding their bike all over the place. That's a great way of getting some cardio and having some fun. So uh, both those things. Let's, Let's let 2020 be a year that we are cultivating a crop and preparing to harvest that crop, right? Let's start making some decisions that are long-term decisions to where whenever 2030 rolls around, we look back on our 2020s and say, wow, I really made some positive decisions and took control of my life and uh, my surroundings. Um Let's let 2020 be a great a great set, man. Great 10 years. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, the world is a beautiful place. And I see um, terrible sides, you know, ugly side of people occasionally. But I also see a lot of beautiful sides of people um, that really give you hope in the human race and the human endeavor. And, uh, you know, I do believe that that good lives um almost exclusively right there's little blips of evil and and terribleness and tragedy and pain and suffering but i think that the vast majority of it if you really step back and you count your blessings uh you realize that everything in your life is there for a purpose and uh, it's our job just to take to approach that and allow it to happen to us so uh let's take care of ourselves 2020 i'm gonna try not to be so absent on the podcast um you know if nothing if for nothing else than for my mental health to try to get some shit off my chest uh, i'm oh i'm also gonna try not to cuss on the podcast anymore um that is irresponsible use of vernacular and i can do better so uh also you know i I feel like it's terrible if somebody wants to throw a podcast on and they've got little ears in the car and uh you know Although those kids already know those words, I guarantee like a little craphead kid at school is, is saying it to them or, you know, they're tripping and saying it or you're, you're, you're accidentally saying it. 
I mean, I've heard some saints cuss in my life. Um, it, it's not mutually exclusive. Just because you're a saint doesn't mean you don't cuss. Uh, but I'm going to try my best not to on the podcast anymore. And um, look, I mean, people, enjoy life. Um, I think I'm going to finish up the show with playing uh, one of the songs from the band that I'm in, uh, Bardo Bill y Los Muchachos. We had a few shows recently, had a lot of fun, haven't played in a minute, um, but I'll always be friends with those dudes, so uh, I'm sure we'll play another show down the road when we get a little bit more time, but... um, you know, we, we did a little bit of recording. It is, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's not produced, uh, really, or anything. But we uh, had a great time recording it. And uh, to bring in 2020, I feel like I'll maybe end my first show uh, with a little bit of maybe self-promotion. You know what I'm saying? But this is a jam. Uh, you can check out the SoundCloud. It's uh, Bardo Bill, the and sign. Los Muchachos on uh, SoundCloud. I'll do a link in the subscription or in the uh, description down below. We only have four followers. We are uh, following one person and we have three tracks. So, hey, you know what? I'm one of the followers. So I think we actually have uh, three followers, not counting myself. So anyway, uh, do me a favor. Uh, maybe yourself a favor. Just check out the music and tell me what you think. This will close out the podcast. I wish you a very happy 2020, and if 2019 wasn't quite what you wanted, uh, maybe buckle up, sucker, and uh, we'll figure it out in this next time. So anyway, uh, hopefully you enjoy this track. Edge where the land squats on its rock. The dark of the earth is familiar to him. The close mystery, his source and his sin. And always flowering and always fading. But the dark of the sea is perfect and strange. It's life we live It's nothing but the dance we make It's life we live It's nothing but the dance we make
of place Immensity on the loose Still he sees its other Keeper of the land Shaking the earth Clicking the pieces Somewhere it's holding Being filled yet to rise Shedding its richness Silently and slow Keeper and maker A place is holy dark And in here Something darker parts It's like we live but the dance we make is like we live. Nothing but the dance we make is like we live. Nothing but the dance we make is like we live. Nothing but the dance we make. Keeper and maker, a place is holy dark, and in him something darker parts. Keeper and maker, a place is holy dark, and in him something darker parts.